Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. People were like, Courtney was so gassed up to see Savannah. Bitch, I'm in here by myself with a jar of Skittles and endless <laughs> amount of tea, like sitting up here, like trying to figure out if who I'm talking to is really who I'm talking to. And this pretty ass girl walks in. Yeah, I'm hype. And yeah, I'm excited. And yes, we're going to be messy and spill the tea. Damn right. Hell yeah. You would do it too for a check. Like. <laughs> Welcome back to That's a Gay-Ass Podcast, the podcast where we ask, who do you blame for making you gay? My name's Eric Williams, I'm your host, and I'm so happy you're here for one of my favorite episodes thus far. This is with Courtney Revolution from Netflix's The Circle. If you've listened to the podcast before, you know I'm a fan of this show, and when Courtney said yes to being on Gay-Ass Podcast, it made my day, and I am very pleased to say he lived up to the expectation It is such a good conversation. We talk about what his experience was like filming the show, what the reaction has been after, and also the reason or what he blames for making him gay is is one of my favorite answers thus far. So we're going to get straight into it, my friends. Make sure you follow Courtney at Courtney Revolution on social media and follow me at Eric Wills. Also, do me a favor and give us a five-star review. Subscribe or follow wherever you listen to the podcast. And you know what, y'all? Let's have a gay-as-hell time. (laughs) Courtney Revolution is on That's a Gay-Ass Podcast. Come on, lights. Come on, camera. Come on, action. Come on, podcast. (laughs) I am so happy to see your face. I'm such a fan. I am so happy to get to talk to you. How are you doing with the crazy whirlwind of the show and the finale airing? How are you? I'm doing good. This has been like wild, right? So I feel like I've kind of prepared for this since like I saw Lauren Conrad walk across a beach on Laguna. (laughs) And, you know, I still just wasn't ready. I just wasn't prepared for all of this. (laughs) When So it's probably been kind of crazy to like watch the show months after you actually filmed it. When, When did you come back from filming it? How long was it until they actually started airing it? Um, I think I came back a little bit after Halloween. So like that first week of October and then the show came out like April, end of April. So there's like many months you're just like, you knew something big was going to happen, but you just like had this anticipation. It's It was um, wild because I had to keep this secret for so long. You know what I mean? For some people, I literally did just fall off the face of the earth. People thought I was in rehab. People thought like... <laughs> I had like a family thing going on. Like it really was strange because like my own job at the time, I just kind of picked up the phone and I like to my boss was like, um, I have to leave the country. Um, I can't really tell you why. And I'm really sorry. And I hope (laughs) I still have my job when I come back. And they were kind of like, um, I guess. They're like, well, I guess it's an international drug trafficking ring and we just have to support Courtney, whatever his (laughs) endeavors are. I mean that I can't imagine being told you're just like leaving the country and then you just like, but I, but obviously for a good reason, because this show, Courtney, I, I'm not, you're, I'm not just here because you are a big deal. I'm you're here because I'm obsessed with you. I'm obsessed with the circle. I'm obsessed with whoever will listen. I will talk to them about this show. I think it's so smart and well done and entertaining. Um, what, when you were living it, actually filming this show, was it, as tense and high stakes as it seemed or was it did they do a good job of really heightening it on for the show itself it was even more 
anxiety riddling than it came across on TV. I am talking when you are standing in front of that huge TV screen and you start to see those numbers turn around. I am talking like full body tingles, like my bladder is about to empty itself. Like if you've ever seen a reality TV competition and been like, my fave is about to go home. Oh my God, I don't know what's going to happen. Just imagine yourself in your fave's shoes. Like it's 50 times more intense and, and you're there by yourself. It's silent. Oh, so. I see. I can't imagine. I like, I already have high anxiety just like living in my one bedroom in Queens. I can't imagine being like filming a full television show where the stakes cannot be higher. And then also sitting in a room by yourself. Like I don't, I would have had to have so many nervous bathroom trips. I can't even begin to, to tell you. Like, I don't know how, I don't know how you were able to cope with the drama of it all, but yeah, I obviously you do, you do a good job of like talking out loud to yourself and I, I do know that people probably ask you so many questions about how the show is filmed. And I just want to do a, a few of those before we get into some of the other things. But was it hard to get used to the format of it when you first got there? Or how much did the producers talk you through what your day-to-day and how the show actually worked? Um, I would say it's a little bit like riding a bicycle, which admittedly I'm not the best at. Like I... The, we had like a first circle chat and everyone it seemed like was so like able to get their messages out. And I was like, what fruit would you be in a salad? And they were like, no, you have to say it like in a certain kind of way. Um, so that didn't take long, but it definitely took a full 24 hours for me to get it right. Like the difference between saying circle, submit my rankings and circle, submit my ratings. <sighs> that Wait, first you, day was tricky. What were you Cir- supposed to say? It was like circle submit my ratings, but I kept saying rankings <laughs> over and over and over like bloodshot, red eyes, like exhausted. Like, I don't know. I'm everything is like so intense. And it's just like, I can't get the, the, the word right. So then <sighs> would, a, would a producer be like, try it again? They're like, oh, love, just make sure when you're saying it, make sure that you say writing. And I'm gonna go, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Circle submit my ranking. <laughs> all right, love, just make sure that you say writing. Like, like You're uh, like, am I talking to a producer or is this Chloe? Um, <laughs> I, I mean, that, I, I, I truly, I truly can't imagine, but it obviously it seemed like you uh, were one of the first people to really nail the energy of sending a message that is received really well and shows your full personality. Because I think that's honestly part of the game is being able to communicate your energy through this text. And I always, and I oftentimes I forget that they film it, of course, in the UK. But they always show these exteriors from all these random cities around the world. You're like, that's Chicago. That's Pittsburgh. Um, But you, uh, I heard that you had to, was it three weeks or two weeks before filming started that you were quarantining? Yeah, it was two and a half weeks of quarantining. And my first time out of the country, (sighs) never had a passport before. I felt like maybe I could potentially in a one of a million have a chance. Maybe I was like, just in case, bitch, let's get this passport. Um, and I, I was just there in the flat, excuse me. I was in the flat girl. In the flat, in the flat of Coles, <laughs> how British. I mean, wow. First time out of the country. So are you, where are you from originally? Um, born in New York. And then I moved to the Poconos, um, in my teen years. And then, um, I live here now as of five years ago, coming up on six. This From June. the Poconos to Los Angeles, we love. Well, I'm actually in New York City, but I've been tempted to move to California for many years. And people who listen to the podcast know that it's been a journey and there's um, it, uh, we're hoping to make it uh, soon. So, Courtney, I can't wait to have a kiki in L.A. with you. Eric, get your ass out here. <laughs> <laughs> Pack the motherfucking bags. I feel the pull. I feel the energy. I feel, I want the hiking. I want the, I want the pokeballs. I want the, you want the acai balls, oh the my ginger God. shots. Oh, Can I yes. just tell you, I love a ginger shot. I love an acai bowl. I was in LA for a few months, a couple of years ago, and I went so ham on the acai bowls. I'm not joking. I either A, got food poisoning from one or B, my body rejected it because they had too many acai bowls in a two week period. I like it. I got off the sauce for a few months because I had too many acai bowls. They're so good though. But they're so high in fiber. Okay, that's what I thought, but I think I maybe overdid the fiber. I don't. I was out of commission, but I love it. Oh, give me an acaiable with some granola and some peanut. I love like an ice creamy acaiable. Give me some peanut butter, a nut butter on top. Mm. 
Listen, I actually was a barista in my past life. So like acai bowls, I like do them in my sleep. So I got you. Like I have like a, like a blender, like the one I used to have at my old job. I have one in my house. Oh my God. I will blend up a good bowl real quick. Okay. I bet you can't wait. Courtney, tell me what is your TOC, your toppings of choice on the acai bowl? My toppings of choice is it has to have some strawberry, hemp, vanilla, granola, I love um, tart stuff. So it's got to have kiwi, pineapple, strawberry, and a drizzle of honey with some bee pollen on top. Oh Bam. my. Wow. Bam is what you're the emerald of acai bowls. I mean, yeah. truly. Give me a bee pollen. I don't know what it does nutritionally, but it's a little dust. And we like, we like a fine art acai bowl. Yeah, it's, it's like a, a little garnish. Add more yeah. color to it. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, I have to say, um, I am so excited to not only get inside scoop from from the circle, but also just like your your early life inspo. So, as we're talking more about the show, I are you still um, in touch with your fellow cast members? Like, what's who are, who are you closest with? Um, we all still talk. Like we're all in like a group chat. Um, since the show ended, I probably talk to Lee the most. Lee calls me. Lee is like, um, the family member that I never knew I needed, but I'm so glad that I have. Like he calls just to say like, I love you. Like legit, legit. Like I'll call like, or he'll leave me like a six second voice note. Just being like, Hey, superstar. I just wanted to say you're great. All right. Bye. Uh, like, like he's like, he's truly a friend. Like the, thank you for being a friend. Lee embodies that. Um, and Savannah is like my neighbor. So like, girl, we were talking like right before this. I was wondering, yeah, cause Savannah's in LA. So what, what part of LA are you all in? Uh, the Valley. Oh, love. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, Savannah, that was crazy about Savannah because I, when we were watching, you know, my husband and I were just like, so, so into the show and we were convinced that Savannah was going to make it till the end. And that was one of the biggest shocks of the show is when that didn't happen. Were you, when you were playing the actual game, uh, filming it, were you, did you also get the energy that she was really a, a competitor or did you think that there was kind of an issue that she was going too hard? I thought, Throughout throughout the show, like especially from the beginning, I thought Savannah was gonna like blow us over, like bulldoze us over. And I was like, okay, that's the girl I'm gonna be aligned with. You know, reading her profile, we had so many things in common. I swore, like when I, when she got blocked, I was in shock. I wish they would have showed like my awful reaction. I was like, <gasps> like so extra, like what the fuck? I was like completely surprised. Shocked. <laughs> oh my God. Same. I mean, that's, I think that's one of the reasons why the show is defying the odds of other reality shows is because there's still the element of su- surprise where a lot of the other shows you can start to guess maybe trends. But when Savannah left, I was like, oh, so they're really going to fuck things up. Like they're really going to change the game. And then it just got crazier from there. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, just the element of you don't know everything. You only know what is going on inside of your apartment, period. So, I mean, all kinds of surprises are bound to happen. Oh, mm. totally. And then when they ask you to be the Joker, I'm sure that was another twist where you're just like, well, I have a, I have a, a choice here to either do this perfectly and stay in the game or fuck one thing up and then be outed and then be out of here like that. Like, did you, did you know, as you were the Joker, like it, you knew exactly what to do or did you really have to like take those little notebooks you had and write down your notes and strategize? I had little to no time to come up with some sort of plan for this. You know, you just kind of walk in the room and it's like, there it is. Um, and by the way, here's Kat and Mitchell and bam, you're about to talk to their ass. What's the plan? It's like, before we hit it, now what's the plan? All right. Um, well, I don't want to be nice because that's boring TV. Um, how about I just pretend to be one of the girls and yeah, we're going to make them go loco. <laughs> and 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 that's that's what I felt like I wanted to do. Not because I hate women, just because I thought that it would be entertaining to see them all kind of be like, wait, are you really? Are you really? Especially because they had already been that element with Savannah. Yeah, I do find that the the girl on girl drama in the show is like always it's always tough because we I mean, I watch the circle of France as well. And there's there's I think the same thing can happen when there are certain bonds you assume are going to be there. And then when the bonds are broken, it's like everything there's hellfire. And of course, there's the whole catfishing element where like men are trying to play up a female idea or, you know, the fact that Delisa could be so effective as Trevor was like, I 
as the game went on, knew that she was playing an amazing game. But I, I don't think I didn't give her as much credit as I could have at the beginning of just like how hard it is to pull off, pull off uh, actually believing that. Did any part of you think that Trevor was not Trevor at the beginning, the, at least? In the very, very beginning, I remember saying the the dad thing, the overusing the like y'all didn't see it as much, but like every game or every kind of challenge, it came back to like being a dad and this is my daughter. And I remember I kept saying it all kind of seems one note, hmm. but as you sit, cause remember there's so many hours in the day where you're not talking and you're not doing anything. And I'm just staring at the TV screen throughout the game. It was like, okay, well I get that Trevor is kind of eh, with the, is, are they real or not? But we have like Emily in the way and we have like Tara Alicia in the way and like everything, it just kept like popping things that I perceived to be bigger threats kept popping up. And that distracted me because I'm sure if me and river had our way, Trevor would have gone, but it was like the cat thing happened. And then here's John, all of a sudden there were like so many things that threw us off the trail. Yeah. I couldn't believe that the John profile was you know, making him the Santa Claus psychic. I was like, who is going <laughs> to believe this? But like, they did, they did to their credit. They did a pretty good job with it. Listen, John was so nice that you were inclined to believe it, I think. Yeah, who's going to be the asshole that's like, this Santa Claus, is? he's a fucking teenage girl. It's like, no, it's an old gay man that has a beautiful family and you would be a, a shitty person to think otherwise. So you know what? I do understand that that strategy. Did I mean, did you when you were first talking to River, did you any part of you think that River was a catfish? I here's the thing. When I think back on me being there in the living room talking to River for the first time, it didn't cross my mind because we were so we had built a rapport so quick. We had built the Kardashians like when I tell you right before Bryant, who is now Ecar, left, we had there was an at-risk chat, and we had all the this fun chat, all this fun banter, and that's sort of where the Kardashian alliance was created. It wasn't so much that I thought, okay, well, River could be a catfish, so much as I didn't care. I love him, and we're going to the finals, and that was a lot. I kept communicating, but the the bitchiness of it all. Um, was what made it to the TV. It was like, girl, I don't even care. I don't care who's behind the big hair, bitch. We going to the final. Like I was, I kept <laughs> saying stuff like that all the time. Even before the final rating, it was like, well, we're voting River third. But before that, I kept saying, you know, honestly, it has been like such an incredible journey. I don't care who that person is behind the photo. I want to know that person. I don't care who it is. We going mm-hmm. to war, you know. But they kept those those statements out in order just to make better TV, is what you're saying? Of course, yes. And that, I don't mind. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's always so interesting when people uh, film some of these things because it, I cannot imagine the experience of going through a fully multi-dimensional emotional journey and then communicating all those dimensions. And of course, you're only seeing a percentage of those come through because of what the editors are choosing to keep in. And so did any do, does anything stick out in your mind of like what you thought the edit was maybe not as fair for you or that you maybe wish had gone differently? or did it all feel pretty true to the experience um i the things that i wish that they left in i think were things that humanized me more i think that there were things that were left out in order for y'all to feel like when i lost thank the lord you know what I mean? Yeah, like the, yeah. the waiting like the me bringing up my dad all the way at the end was like not a thing. Like mm-hmm. there's a whole conversation that me and Trevor had about that. Like there's a point, a point in the show where Trevor's like, you know, me and Courtney have a camaraderie. I'm sure as the audience, y'all were like, what camaraderie? Cause y'all never saw that. But we had built a bond off of the fact that my dad left me. And I'm so glad that you're such a proud dad. That's, I was there to talk about my dad and to talk about how I had no friends, bitch. And LA's mm. weird and fake. And like, you know what I mean? That's my story. That's my truth of why I was there. But instead, y'all got spilling the tea and all the girls suck and y'all getting out. And we love Kat, but her ass is getting out too. And mm. that's what you got because that's what's entertaining. So I understand it and I get it. I just hope that 
somewhere down the line, I get the opportunity to kind of show a different dimension of myself. Definitely. Well, I think it's also why it's so great you're doing something like this because it's an opportunity to kind of chat and see the full dimensions because there is a reason why so many people love you is because we can see, I think we can see the energy you bring out. And of course it was a game and of course there was strategy, but also we're witnessing like the humor, the wits, the smart, the heart. So I, I want to let you know that I fully, I fully see it. And I'm just like, I, I can't wait to see the next things you do because it, it, it's clearly exciting things ahead is how I feel. Thank you, Eric. I appreciate that. Oh, of course. So as, as we're chatting about this, I know there was an amazing article in BuzzFeed about what the behind the scenes filming stuff is, but I'm curious from your perspective, like, for example, the role that the producers play, like they are when the, in one of the person that was voted out is going to visit one person and then the producers will knock on your door in order to make you think they're coming into your room. Is that real? Did they actually knock on your door and then you, to get the reaction shot? Yes. And also question mark, because it's so, it's silent. I don't, it's so weird. Like as a reality TV stand, I, that was like the one thing that like just never crossed my mind is how fucking quiet it all is. Mm. So is it them knocking? Is it someone walking by with someone else's groceries? Is it someone closing a door? That's another door in the building. Like, what is it? I was so jumpy. I was like, <laughs> To, ev- to everything. You know what I mean? Um, but there were definitely moments where I thought someone was like coming in for sure. And it was like nobody um, at all. Like I was like, and then no one came in. When Savannah came in, my brain blew up because I was shocked. I was like. Well, well must also, also must be crazy too to not see someone for any like other human being for so long. And like, obviously like, I know you saw, like maybe saw producers a little bit, but like, I'm sure to actually have like a heart to heart conversation with someone was probably like over, over abundance of emotions. Eric, people were like, Courtney was so gassed up to see Savannah. Bitch, I'm in here by myself with a jar of Skittles and endless <laughs> amount of tea, like sitting up here, like trying to figure out if who I'm talking to is really who I'm talking to. And this pretty ass girl walks in. Yeah, I'm hyped. And yeah, I'm excited. And yes, we're going to be messy and spill the tea. Damn right. Hell yeah. You would do it too for a check. Like, are you kidding me? Oh my God, I'm dying. I mean, it's so true. It's like, of course I would do that. And especially knowing the stakes of the game, the fact that you're on camera, the fact that you've been isolated, you're in a different country, what's at stake? Like, yeah, I mean, I no one can fault you for the reaction you have when someone walks into that to your solo apartment where you're just sitting, minding your own, talking to a TV screen. So, so that actually, my Matt was asking me to ask you about like when when you are hanging out, can it, like when your fellow contestants are screaming, you can't can you hear any of it from your apartment, or is it is it is it truly silent at all times? I swear on my, I'm the messiest one on the cast. I would tell you, no, you can. When I tell you, it is the most deafening silence. You can hear that air conditioner, maybe. That's about it. Silent, like silent you don't hear shit i i'll say this during the super secret influencer thing we all thought we heard someone scream and it was someone outside on the street that was screaming so incredibly loud and it was the only thing we heard through the entire the the entire game wow i mean they must really space you out in this giant building they would have to because like i couldn't hear not even like a dump 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 like nothing I'm sure they couldn't hear like the NSYNC music or anything like that either. That was right. some good editing. They could not hear that. People online are like, but they could hear the NSYNC. No, they could not, y'all, please. <laughs> I do remember that. I do remember thinking like that. How can they not hear the screams where they can hear like, bye, bye, bye? Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, these editors, man, these editors d- deserve something. They're good. They're good. <laughs> they know what they're doing. This is not their first rodeo or season. Uh, did you, did you, every day go outside to like the roof or wherever or was it like you would like what would you do to kind of take care of your mental health um for me to be honest i was fine in the apartment i'm truly a homebody they at some points were like girl okay now 
you looking at this TV for like 12 hours. You want to go up to the roof and get, and I'm like, no, I'm fine. And they're like, no, bitch. Okay. We're going to send someone to bring you to the roof. Like, <gasps> like do you want to go to the yoga room? No, I'm fine on the couch. Like if you watch the show, the bed and the couch, those are like my two, the bed, the couch and my little kitchen table with my little microwave meal. Um, <laughs> But they they do like try to make sure that like you get to the roof, yeah. get some air, you go to the yoga room, the gym, what have you. I just was like, okay, I'm in bed, I'm coloring. I mean, listen, <laughs> you and I, I think are kindred spirits. I am so a homebody as well. Like, give me a a, a, a pint of Ben and Jerry's and a dream, and I will truly, I can I can last three weeks on that. I mean, multiple pints, but I'll be home. <laughs> I'll be home. I feel uh, that. What would you, what, so like food wise, I mean, maybe this is a dumb question, but like when you obviously people request like groceries and things like, do you, would you have the eat the exact same thing every day? Like what would, what would you get? What was on your list? Eric, I just want to preface this by saying I'm the jerk, right? I'm the one that like can't cook and then decided to go on a show where I would be alone. <laughs> Um, so Courtney can make things that go in the oven and come out. So I had chicken nuggets and French fries every day and like a little oven meal. I think there was like a chicken tikka masala, something, Mm. something from a grocery store. And, um, of course my jar of Skittles and my endless supply of tea. Of course. (laughs) So wait, wait, was it like these British like grocery store brands that the things you just had no idea what they were? I, once again, I'm the jerk, Eric. I did not realize that everything I love is not available outside of this country. (laughs) So like, they wouldn't even let me bring in like peanut butter. Like I had purposely with my chaperone made sure I got like six king size, like Reese's, like Mm. I was ready. And then like a day or two I'd gone by and I was like, um, y'all, where are my Reese's? And they were like, um, no nuts in here. So it was a lot of like British stuff that I, that I just don't, eat but i mean you can get a chicken nugget anywhere right sure 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 chicken nuggets are transcendent Mm -hmm. um so have you if you could go back would you change your strategy in any way no (laughs) i i couldn't i couldn't i had fun doing it how i did it i know it wasn't the winning strategy but when i watched the show back i just feel like damn you did that so you I'm, I'm did. proud of what I did. You should be. I mean, I, and I'm also interested, like, obviously, because this was the second season. Did you did you watch the first season, like, multiple times? Have you just seen it once? Like, did you need to do any prep before you went? Oh, my God, Eric. That first season changed my life. Me and my friend sat on, sat on uh, my sectional, my glamorous sectional downstairs, and we just put it on randomly. And by the end of the first episode, my, me and my best friend looked at each other at the same time. And we both at the same time were like, you could do that. And... Ta-da! Before I went into the show, for real, for real, I was out there, obviously, in England, so I was able to watch the UK versions of the show. Uh And once I saw how they had turned up the strategy on that second season and Bryant had gotten uh, blocked, I knew, okay, girl, I need to tap into that UK second season brain um, and start getting into the mud with the girls because they were great on that second season. Oh yeah, I mean it's also I when you watch different countries' versions, I think it's cool to see the different energies and strategies. And like Circle France, I just finished it, and they're actually pretty cutthroat. I mean, the first, the first, I won't give anything away, but the first elimination, the person goes to someone's room, and instead of being like, "Wow, that was crazy," she was like, "What the fuck?" Like. <laughs> first and you're just like oh my god are they gonna fight they're gonna catch hands but like they it's like it's it's a different energy but i think you're right like the as the seasons are going it's heightening the strategy is becoming more uh less subtle more overt it's like it which is just obviously really good tv and they know what they are doing my actually one of my good friends was in final auditions for season two of a circle and i, and I thought it was maybe going to happen but it didn't but I, I i there's clearly a very specific personality types that excel in the show but when you how did you get the first audition for it like what was the process to actually sign on to the show for me i just filled out the application and they just emailed me back they were like all right girl let's talk and it was like a couple kikis later and then it was like girl what you mean you ain't got no passport <laughs> and i was like all right all right time to start putting this money away for the passport you better expedite that shit. Oh yeah, believe that. <laughs> damn, damn. Well, 
I the one of my final final circle questions before we move on is um the quintessential hallway walk when they follow you down that hallway. How how do they direct that? What is can you explain to me how that works? Okay. So I was praying, first of all, that I would not get blocked um, so badly, but I wanted also just as badly to walk down this goddamn blue hallway. And when the inner circle thing happened, they were like, all right, we're going to take you downstairs. And I went downstairs and there's just the amazing cameraman, friendly, fun. He's like, you know what? We're just going to walk, just walk, just walk this way and we'll film it. I was down there maybe 15 minutes and we just walked every which way, open the door, you know, and walk all the way. It was a dream, especially to see it on TV. Cause it wasn't like the regular like hallway walk. They like did some rainbow pride. They said, "Oh, they get oh Miss Hunty's coming down the hallway on this one, girl." Let's get some tie dye graphics on this. I said, "Oh, push through, circle editors." <laughs> I mean, yes, truly, like giving us pride before June. Uh, I, 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 it's, it's like when the Michelle Buteau gets to do it in the final in the finale moment. It's so I just I could not I could not love her more. And uh, it's out of all the circle shows on the franchise i think michelle is obviously the best and a god-given gift um funny story about my michelle buteau connection is that i went to college in new york and my freshman year they brought in a comedian to do like a welcome week first performance like you know go out with your new friends and michelle buteau was like the headlining comedian this was 2008 which i guess just truly dated myself but we we watched this comedian and she was talking about the Obamas and she was talking about, you know, the dress she got that morning at Forever 21. And she was just like, she was so effing funny. And I was like, who the fuck is this person? And I, it was, I think I've heard even say in interviews, like she is happy when her success happened because it became much more sweet. But I know she was one of those people that was hustling for so many years. And then, and everyone seeing her was like, this person should be famous yesterday but then when it happened it exploded and i i think i just wanting to let the universe know that i love michelle buteau so much and i'm grateful that she is a, a part of this earth you know what i love about michelle is that she is just such a real person it really meant a lot to me eric that even after the show michelle just like checks in on us like she just checked in on my stepdad the other day like hey how's your stepdad doing like and i just thought that that was so incredibly sweet of her you know, just oh, yeah. time. You can tell she's such a genuine person that happens to be one of the funniest people on earth. It's like, it's, you can't, you cannot fake that sort of genuine wit and funniness, but also like kindness. And um, I don't know if this is like a little controversial, but on the episode that was the, I guess, kind of a reunion moment that David Spade hosted. I mm. noticed some, I noticed some sass between David Spade and Michelle Buteau. And I really, and obviously I was like on Michelle's side. Cause I think that it, um, <laughs> I feel like Michelle is the type of person that, and I'm, people say this about you as well, but like you watch them and you feel like you're friends with them. Right. That's like mm-hmm. the best kind of best kind of person. So I feel like I was watching my friend, like kind of give an eye to the guy making kind of annoying jokes. And look, we love a David Spade, but some of the jokes I was like, okay, David, let's, <laughs> let's keep on, let's keep on keeping this moving. David. <laughs> Eric said, next. He said, you better leave Michelle alone. <laughs> Truly. It was like, not my Miss Buteau. But um, what a moment for us all. Um, Michelle Buteau, gay icon. So speaking of gay icons, I want to ask you, Courtney, the podcast question. Whose fault is it that you're gay? Who do we blame, Courtney? <sighs> Eric, I don't know what it is, but the film Clueless made me gay oh courtney revolution what an answer clueless is very big on my list as well and i mean let's unpack it what about it for you was like that really screamed to you at first i don't there's something about the share character that i connect with the wanting to do well even if it's not the right way the never leaving well enough alone of it all the good fashion sense of it all girl oh. That you know, love her dad like that. Like that's me. So like, I've always like 
felt like that Cher Horowitz character was me. I had the big ass movie poster in my bedroom. Like I've ordered that bitch. Like yes. up on the wall above my bed. Like I am Courtney Horowitz and I want the world to know it. Oh my God. I mean, if only we had her closet with the actual like digitized catalog. Yeah, you can see it. <laughs> I was like, I don't know exactly sure how it can catalog pictures and then like it automatically pulls it up, but I'm not going to ask questions. I'm just going <laughs> to hope to have a gorgeous mansion with an overbearing father. And also, um, can my stepbrother be Paul Rudd? Oh my God. Has he, not aged. A Damn day. This man is so gorgeous. And the things I would do, Courtney, I mean, <laughs> I hope I hope he's very happy and taken care of because it, he deserves that. He mm-hmm. He's another person that's not only gorgeous, but he seems to be like a good person. I, I If someone were to tell me Paul Rudd was a dick, it would be a hard day for me. I agree. And I'd be surprised. I don't get those vibes from him. No, not at all. Although speaking of, um, wasn't there controversy with... Oh my god, I'm blanking. Cher Horowitz's best friend in Clueless. Stacy Dash. Stacy Dash, what's the deal? Stacy Dash was having a moment of like of controversy, right? I think once upon a time ago, her ex-husband or something said he was hypnotized into marrying her or something like that. <laughs> I think that's I think that happened. I think I said that somewhere on a show somewhere. Like there was an article in the news. Stacy Dash was hypnotizing people. Look that up. I mean, I believe it. I'm actually I'm I also heard so many things like, yeah, I think, oh, well, there's um, literally from like a month and a half ago, because I remember hearing that maybe she was a Trump supporter um, that was like a part of the controversy. And there's a literal headline right now from March of this year that says Stacey Dash, clueless actress, quote, truly done supporting Donald Trump. Um it says that she apologizes for her past support of Donald Trump. That's not who I am. Well, I hope oh. that's true, Stacey Dash. I really hope that's true. Um, because she is, I mean, so good on, on Clueless. I mean, her relationship with the guy from Scrubs, which I'm forgetting his name. but Donald I Faison. Donald Faison. My younger brother is obsessed with Scrubs more than I can say. He's truly, it's his number one. But um, I think there, I mean, when she's driving on the highway and he, and she's freaking out and then they start desperately making out after <laughs> that feels like a heightened version of my life where I'm being neurotic and I need my husband to talk me down. Uh, but instead of makeouts, I'll just have him scratch my back. Um, but that being said, the, I think the crown jewel of Clueless it's Brittany Murphy. I think <sighs> I miss her. I love her. And we don't deserve her. Yeah, I agree. She really did the damn thing in that movie. Shout out to Ty. Shout out to Ty. Uh, you're a virgin who can't drive. drive. She took that box, mm, sauntered <laughs> her ass up out of Cher's house. I said, I know that's right, Miss Ty. Get her ass together. <laughs> I know that's the thing that's so crazy. It's like sometimes you think like Cher, we love Cher, but she st- did not always treat her friends the way that she should, even though she tried. And I think, but also she created a monster in Brittany Murphy and, and and making her feel hotter than she used to feel. And you know who hasn't who hasn't acted a bit like a bitch when they got got a little bit of extra hairspray in and a gorgeous lip. You know, you go to the gym for 90 days and you say, you know what, bitch? I am that hot bitch. Mm. So I am the gym crush. <laughs> oh my God. I am the gym crush. I have to tell you, Courtney, that in this pandemic, I went through a few months where I had zero employment. Everything I had going for me was completely donezo. And so I literally, because I was so bored and we'll say it depressed, I just worked out every damn day and I got in better shape than I ever had. Of course, was like feeling not great about myself, like career wise, but I was like, at least I can look at I took more thirst traps than ever. I just like became different. And then I started to get busy again and I haven't worked out a day since. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to button up a little bit, but mark my (laughs) words. The second I'm back at that plan of fitness, you'll see it on Instagram. (laughs) I support you on this journey until then oversized t-shirts like me and comfortability. I support you. Oh my gosh. Give me an elastic waist and a a oversized t-shirt. A good jogger moment. (laughs) Yes, but with a tapered leg, with a, ch- a tighter on the ankle, I can show you my ankles. <laughs> oh my god! Well, I do love Clueless so much. I think it's. I think it made a generation of of young men gay. It's it's so campy. It's so. I mean, when you get to see the opulence, the richness, the 
time period of it all. Her, the guy that she dates that like uh, ends up being gay. I think it, I think when I was watching that Courtney, when I was younger, I think like part of me thought it was funny. Part of me did not understand what was happening because I was so deeply there. Does that make sense? Yes. Because I remember like not, getting that specific part of the movie all of the way until I like became a specific age and I was like, Oh, I was Christian. <laughs> oh, I get, I get it without the rat packs. I get, I, all right, sure. I feel you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who, like who among us did not have like that close girlfriend, like the lines were a little blurred and then it became very clear that no, you were the gay one that it just was not going to happen. Like, did you ever, did you ever dapple in heterosexuality? Did you ever have a girlfriend? Like what was your journey? Listen, I am as gay as the day is long. Um, me and a girlfriend never happened. Actually, that's a lie. In the fifth grade, I dated a girl so that we could um, trade Sailor Moon manga books. She had like the last four um, that I had wanted to read out of a series. So we did date for those two weeks. As you do, um, Courtney. It's the tale as old as time. Who among us has not <laughs> dated a, against our wishes in order to get a manga? What is it? A manga book? Manga, Sailor Moon, you know, the little book, there, a little comic moment. <laughs> you know what? I'm devastated. I said manga. Um, yes, yeah, Sailor Moon, sure, sure, sure. Uh, I mean, also like elementary school relationships. I definitely had a girlfriend in third grade, and um, and I'm sending her love right now. She became a good friend of mine years later. But I think it, you know, I I said this before on this podcast, but I had a girlfriend one time in high school just to kind of to dabble and see, and it just confirmed what I myself and the entire world knew, which was that you know I was destined to be a fagot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> pause 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 um so we're all doing what we're meant to do Courtney. is all i'm saying Go so ahead. then when were you did you have a, a late bloom coming out were you an early riser what how what's the deal i was like the first gay person in my like graduating class or whatever so like i came out when i was like 13 wow yeah, I was young, I feel like. You know, it's like one of those things where back in the day, you just go on MySpace and you just change your sexual orientation like on the last day of school and then you mm. just let it marinate over the summer. <laughs> yeah, so then you walk in, bitch, mm-hmm, with a milkshake by Khalees playing in your head, girl, But it turns out you're in the circle down the hallway and it's like, wait a minute. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wait, that's... Wait, and was this in the Poconos where you were in high school? Yeah, I was in the Poconos. I was gay. People were like, oh my God, what a big deal. And I was like, but are we really surprised? Like, don't you still want to be friends? And everyone was kind of like, yeah, I guess. And then it became a thing where it's like, if you were like new and came to the school, oh my God, I'm falling out of my chair. (laughs) If you were new and came to the school and you like, didn't like me or you had a problem with the fact that I was gay, then you became like the problem. Then it was like, watch your back in that bus lot. Just one of them, one of them snap your fingers. Sergio, <laughs> get him. <laughs> Football team comes up. <laughs> A hand grabs his mouth and he's out of the frame. I mean, that's great though. You had allies. You had a full army of people ready to, I mean, talk about a revolution. I mean, it truly like, but see, that's like what we love to hear is that people embrace. I actually have not thought about this. I'm having a flashback right now that when I was truly in elementary school, which is kind of devastating, but I would get made fun of in elementary school for being maybe girly or gay or whatever it was. And I remember it was maybe like a basketball game or someone from another school was making fun of me. And this girl, I'll tell, I'll, I'll name her because she was, she was such an ally, Chelsea Carter. She, I remember she said, Eric is not gay, but like, if he was, who cares or whatever it was, she was like, stop. Like, it, I remember she was fully defending me and it felt so good. And I'm not kidding. I was probably like 11 years old when this happened. And I still remember this all these years later, but to have someone advocate, advocate for you when someone else is othering you in that way is such a powerful thing. And like, if anyone here is listening who is straight or not, and like standing up for someone that's being targeted in that way, it is a very powerful thing to do that sticks with you. I think, I mean, you clearly remember from when you were in high school and people would stick up for you. It, it's like a really, I think important, beautiful thing to do for the people you love. Yeah. And you know, for me, it became 
you know, once people stopped making fun of me for being gay, it became sort of my mission to stop the bullies from like bullying, like the nerdier people or like the, the quote unquote, you know, intelligent people, which I never really understood. Why are you making fun of somebody for having a good ass brain? That don't make no goddamn sense. So, you know, for me, I always used comedy as like my defense. Like you ain't going to make fun of uh, Miss Jenny over here just trying to understand the damn algebra looking the way that you look. <laughs> No. Yes. I, it's also so, yeah, it's so funny when you're young. I remember knowing deep down when people would make fun of kids for being really smart. I'm like, these are the people that are going to have the actual good jobs and the happy futures. And I'm going to be over here trying to, you know, do fucking the producers on Broadway. But like, um, but actually, that's actually, I, I wanted to ask you, were you in high school? Were you a theater queen? What was your, what was your like genre? Um, I think my genre was mess box. No. Um, <laughs> to be honest, I, even in high school, I still had a YouTube channel, like, and I use my YouTube channel to address bullies. And so I was the internet kid, which like wasn't a thing back then. So I was a little weird, mm-hmm. but I guess I would categorize myself as I didn't do the plays. I was, I was in like every club after school. It's like, I didn't fit into like a thing, you know, I was friends with everyone from those groups, but I was always like the, the different one. Like I could go in the cafeteria and sit wherever with whoever, you know, I yes. don't know. I, I just carried myself a certain way, I guess. Yeah. I mean, you were involved and you were also not subscribing to just one type of type of thing. Were you, so then as you were in high school and YouTubing, was it, what was the, what was the goal in your future did you you know move straight to la to you know was it comedy or was it like what what was the what's the long-term thing that you've been uh striving towards or dreaming about um well back then i wanted to be in fashion really badly i wanted Mm. to you know move to la go to fit like i had gotten my acceptance to fit like the entire thing and then fit said girl where them coins is at and i said oh we don't have those. Um, so I stayed behind. I just went to community college here. Um, well, not here, but in Pennsylvania. And then I interned at Disney. Did that. Yeah, I lived in Orlando for a period of time. No, wow. Oh, yes. In food service. Yes. Wait, you, you interned in food service? Yes. They have like uh, marketing courses which I was there to take, but in order to take like the courses, you have to work in one of their fields. Um, and with my extensive retail background, they said, fantastic. We're going to put you in a place that you have no experience in food. Um, so imagine going from like folding t-shirts for like four hours in an outlet mall to like a 12 hour food service six days a week getting paid like a hundred dollars a week no the rent is coming out of the paycheck every week like it's <laughs> you know i i, <laughs> I, I lived <laughs> i mean uh, you lived through it you survived courtney that's survived. what you did <laughs> so i mean i you know disney disney is disney i've heard so many i've you know uh, I'm, just gonna, I'm just gonna leave it at disney is disney <laughs> You know what Disney is? It is, in fact, Disney. And um, so you got past the food service at Disney and then and then you went back to L.A. or where would you go? After uh, Disney, I went back to Pennsylvania, packed my bags and moved to L.A. And then my thing that I wanted to do here was build my online presence, build my platform and continue to speak about celebrities and media. That's always sort of been the goal. So when the circle came, it was like, okay, well, I can win the money from my dad. And then after that, take whatever momentum and continue to speak to people and the hot goss. The second that they introduced you on the show, I was like, it's what he is doing. I just, again, I just felt this kindred spirit because I'm like, what you were doing is so smart, but it's also, it's still authentic to you and you're not going about it in an icky way. And I think that's one of the smartest ways to be on the circle is to not only make connections and fight for, you know, uh, whether it's a parent or whether it's, you know, a cause that's important to you, but also if you happen to be able to widen your audience along the way, like there's such, that's such a great thing to do. And I, I, you know, someone asked me if I would, if I would audition for the circle and I, I think I, 
I don't know my answer, but I think if I were to do it, I would 150% do it the way that you did it, Courtney. I really do. Thank you, Eric. I really actually appreciate that. Good. Um, I, yeah, it's, it's, it's been rough. Um, yeah. How is it? What's have our, our, fans being are tough or like, what's, how's it, what, how's it going? You know what it is, Eric? The hate is not even bad. I'm just sensitive. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> when you click the, the circle hashtag on Twitter and it's like, thank God Courtney didn't win. He sucks and hates women. Um, it did sting, but we had sort of like a finale event, like a finale party recently, like this past week with the season one cast um, and our cast, some of us who flew in and the love I felt and the, just the camaraderie, the community, the congratulations, the Courtney, you were so interesting and fun to watch the representation. Mm -hmm. um, Those things really turned me around. Yeah, I think it I think it's the the critics and the trolls can be much louder sometimes than the actual supporters and as an another sensitive flower myself, I think that it's I can, you know, it's it's so understandable. I mean, I've I've talked about before like it's such a smaller scale, but like I've had things go viral on TikTok for like not <laughs> not all positive reasons like getting into Trump TikTok and getting completely trashed on by tens sure. of thousands of people and you know being called things that you was so not your intention anyway and you know I think it's just like such a really brutal part of what you and I are doing which is trying to access a bigger audience but also having to deal with the struggles along the way of either pissing people off or just like being the brunt of really angry people that are not getting the full picture it's not easy, but I obviously, you know, that you have so many supporters and, you know, it's just, I think it's just taking every day of like, you know, at least knowing in your core that you are leading from a place of love and, um, and trying to get past those, those haters because the Netflix haters, I can't, I, they must, they must such a big audience that you're just bound to get so many people being extra. Oh, yeah. I mean, this was a worldwide premiere. So, like, when it came out, everyone in the world could open up that Netflix and see us all. So, it has truly been a worldwide response. And it'll continue, right? Because different areas of the world will discover the show at different times, and my skin will only get thicker. So, I know that all of it is good for me, even yes. the negative. Definitely. And I think, you know, it's interesting too, is like when inevitably season three comes out, it's going to get renewed attention and people are going to want to talk to, you know, the people from the last season. And, um, and, you know, it'll be interesting to see how, how things go. And, you know, like I, I kind of uh tangent, but I, with Chloe, for example, I just like at the beginning, I think as an audience member, you were clearly directed in a way of how to feel about certain people. And I think, I don't know if you agree with this, but at the beginning, it felt like we were supposed to be a little like, con not confused by Chloe, but like I wasn't fully on board of, at the beginning just because of the extraness and, and you're not sure what's authentic. And then for me and a lot of people I've talked to, it's like, as it goes, you're like, oh no, this is her. And she is so authentically herself. And she just happens to be hilarious and you know can say some silly things but like i was obsessed with her by the end of it is chloe someone that you feel like you had a genuine connection with once you actually met her listen i initially thought chloe was a catfish mm. um i hadn't seen too hot to handle so when she came in and she was like she had said something to the effect of like she had wanted to have Trevor's baby or something like that. And the, or she was waiting or she's going to have a baby one day or something like that. And I was like, this girl is not real. Like, I couldn't believe it. I was like, this girl's not real. It wasn't until Savannah came and saw me and Savannah was like, no, girl, wake up. I just watched the show the other day. That is her. And I had already started my alliance with Chloe. So I was like, OK, well, if we get a confirmation that she's real, then that's who I'm going to be with. And then to see her at the dinner and feel the same amount of love on the show. And even 24 hours ago, we had like a reunion thing on Twitter, like a spaces reunion. Um, and I had to address a lot of the internet comments. Mm. Um, and because Chloe is so busy, she had been unaware of how much hate I was receiving. And immediately when it was over, she immediately got in touch. was like, oh my God, Courtney, I had no idea. Babes, you're a ray of sun sunshine. You're my boy. You need to log out. Do not pay them any attention. I love you. If you need me, call 
homie, I swear to God. Like, she really is like a friend, for real, for real. I love that. I mean, honestly, yeah. she's probably had a similar experience just because of the amount of people that watch Too Out to Handle and watch The Circle. And, you know, there's inevitably going to be those people that are really vocal haters in some way and um or just critics and i think you know she probably is a really good person to 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 be friends with because she she understands it probably better than a lot of people and so that that makes me so happy to hear um so as as we're you know moving forward i know that you have your own podcast overheard in the pantry um i'm so excited to see what other what other things you start to kind of share with the world is there um what are you excited about moving forward I think for right now, I'm just excited to reconnect with my audience and have them get to know me again, because at this point, it's so many more people. It's way more people who didn't know me before than did. So it's more so about just reintroducing myself um, because I'm chill as hell. (laughs) Just saying. um, I just want to continue to show and prove, whether that's through another podcast and a merch line. And, you know, I want to find different ways to just stay connected to my audience, Eric. Uh, I love that. Well, I, I, I'm excited to see it continue and honestly get an acai bowl with you in LA. Like, it's truly... Period. period. <laughs> uh, so before we say goodbye, then I want to ask you one final question, which is, okay, the world is ending. You can save one character actress. Who do you save? You know who we got to save, Eric? Who? We got to save Kiki Palmer. Oh, my God. Got to save Miss Kiki, period. When I was in England, this is not even about the acting. I listened to Kiki Palmer's uh, Virgo Tendencies uh, album. She got me through the isolation. Miss Kiki Palmer, got to save her. Kiki Palmer is one of the most talented. You know what she is? Is she's not only like truly next level talented, but again, you know she's amazing to hang out with. You know there's not one single part of her being that is like obnoxious or pompous or uh, unkind. She is so... I mean, when that video came out where she... I'm sorry to this man. I think it was like the most perfect example of how she off the cuff can be brilliant and not even try to be amazing and yet you i mean she i really she there was no way she was planning on saying that right that was completely like she's like she's looking at a picture of dick cheney she has no idea who this person is and pat pat the paper i'm sorry to this man it's like i i quoted that for months after i saw that video that was me um with but the gag is oh my god when kiki first said that i ran that into the ground under the ground i ran it into every other sentence i just find her to be well i've never met her before but i feel like she is someone that is incredibly down to earth sophisticated but still fun good natured and nurturing you know yes, what I mean? Absolutely. I will. I pray for you and I both to be able to meet, meet Kiki Palmer one day. And you know what, Courtney, it's going to happen for you. I fully, I'm fully uh, in belief of that. And I can't wait to hear about it. I hope so. Kiki called me, girl. Hello. Well, listen, thank you so much for coming on. And I can't wait to keep in touch. And congratulations on being a motherfucking star. Thank you. Thanks for listening to That's a Gay Ass Podcast. If you don't follow the show Instagram, it's at Gay Ass Podcast. And again, Courtney's handle is at Courtney Revolution. And I'm at Eric Wills. Show Courtney some love. Tag him in the stories. Let him know you like this episode. And also send me a DM. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode. And if there's anybody else you want us to chat with in the future. Thanks for listening and come back soon. Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.